It's time once again for the Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast with your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a resource for all worship leaders and team members serving in the local church. Take a seat at the table and join the conversation as David, Kevin, and their guests discuss all things worship, from team dynamics to technology to song selection. Feel free to poke fun at David's hair, talk football, or bring up other topics that have nothing to do with worship. We want to add your voice to the conversation. Find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash WMCatalyst. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. Or just head over to worshipministrycatalyst.com and drop a note in the comments section of any episode. And now, it's time for the show. Hello, hello. 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 Hi. Hey, it's our, uh, this is our first official podcast of... Uh, <laughs> 2018. Yeah. Well, our first official podcast in... About eight months. Seven or eight months. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> we just, I just put up the Keith Getty podcast... Oh, nice! It went live this morning while we're recording. So, wow! Uh, the the uh, the hymnal one, yeah, uh, the kid hymnal one, mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah, the I actually sing, sing project, whatever. That's I actually called. got a, a copy of it. Um, did you? Yeah, I did. I, I picked up a copy of the CD and then the actual music book, uh, the mute or um, piano song, whatever songbook. Uh, yeah, we've been listening to it in the car with my cool. kids. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. Is it? It is. It is. Yeah, I have to check that. Yeah, out. they um. From what I understand, I I read I read like the liner notes. Um, just I glanced over it, but um, from what I read and I think from what I remember, they recorded the Gettys recorded this with like different kind of uh, kids from different parts of, of the world. Like mm-hmm. I think I don't know. I might be making this up <laughs> now. I'm now I'm second guessing myself, but I think <laughs> at least one of the tracks as I was listening to it in the car with the kids, you know, sounded like an African kids choir and. Anyway, I mean, the whole thing is cool. And yeah. the whole point of it, you know, when we interviewed Keith Getty, like, however long ago that was, forever ago, yeah. um, you know, the, the whole point was to try to uh, create uh, an avenue for, you know, his kids to have this hymnal, you know, these these songs, these hymns with, uh, you know, great theology and great music. Um, and, you know, so for us having in the car and, and listening and, yeah, singing along to mm-hmm. some of these hymns has been good. Yeah, so we're gonna we're still gonna check that out. Um, that reminds me though. Let me pull it up. Whoa, pulling something up. So uh, Dave at the Garden City Project, they they've got this big conference that's about to go live here in a couple of weeks. Ooh, February beginning of February. I see February, really fifth through the eighteenth, if I remember correctly, and um. You can go to makejesusculture.com and find out all the information about it. It's a two-week conference. Wow. And it's all online. Um, so 150 hours of content is going to be on there. And here's here's kind of the explanation why it's a little bit different. This is right off, off their website. Uh, most conferences plan out their sessions like a basketball tournament. No one can make every game, but everyone will make the final showdown. Uh, we huh. think of ours more like the Olympics. Everyone makes the opening ceremony and then follows the tracks most relevant to them for two weeks. So, wow. so there's kind of this big, big kickoff, and then uh, and then different tracks you can go through th- through the whole time, and then uh, so a lot of information. February fifth through the eighteenth, and so they're really getting close to final registrations. 
So just uh, make sure you head over there and and check that out uh, to be a part of that. There's going to be tons and tons of great speakers, including Keith Getty is going to be one of the cool speakers over there. Tons of huge names. A lot of guys we've had on the podcast and then uh, other guys that, that we haven't had but are still everyone would probably know. So I think that's something everyone would probably be interested in. Nice. But uh, today we don't have any big, uh, big interviews for you. No, any big. Uh, it's it's me. It's just Kevin and David. And you, yeah. It's just the two of us. It's old school, man. We're going and it's funny because you're wearing your old school shirt. Yeah, your schoolhouse rock shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I never really watched that show though. Me neither. My wife just got the shirt for me. Uh, kind of nostalgic. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I know some like the Bill of Rights is on here, but that's that's about all I know about the oh, show. Oh yeah, yeah, something yeah. Something about re- conjunction junction or something. Yeah. See, okay, I remember some of this. I don't think I've actually seen an episode. I think I've just seen clips yeah. on different things. Yeah, and the Bill of Rights, and they talk about how it has to be ratified by the states. And mm-hmm. um, man, oh man, that's yeah, that's old school. <laughs> that's great. They don't um, make them like that anymore. What's that? They don't make them like that anymore. They don't make them like no. that. Yeah, you know, it's funny, um, since we're talking about it, you know, like, I grew up, right, I mean, Sesame Street, uh, what else did I watch, uh, 321 Contact, yeah. um, uh, you know, um, uh, what's the, oh, there was this one show that had this, um, it had a little, like a little math thing in it, it's called like MathNet or something, anyway, but, you know, it's interesting, because now- My favorite show was Mr. Wizard, I think. Oh, watched uh, Captain Kangaroo, watched Ramblin' Rod, which was uh, a local thing here in Ram- Oregon. But we had Ramblin' Rod. Did you? I think they had, I think they had, the idea, and oh. they hired people and all they, across the country in different. Okay, because yeah, because like I thought it was like a local Portland thing. Um, I think they taped them all locally, and they had their own local Ramblin' Rod. Yeah, because like we had our Ramblin' Raw guy, and my sister and I actually went to one of the shows. Like we were in the audience. We we and he had all these buttons. That was mm-hmm. like his his shtick. He had like you know tons and tons of buttons. Did your guy have lots yeah, of buttons? I think so. I remember we went to one show. No way! Yeah. Wow. So it was like a syndicated thing with the local hired Ramblin' yeah. Rod guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, whatever. Yeah. But um, but I was thinking, you know, nowadays. Like there's so much access, you know, through digital media mm-hmm. of so many different shows, you know, like uh, um, uh, when my kids were younger, uh, you know, they they really liked, um, uh, you know, Doc McStuffins mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know what do you got, Bubble Guppies <laughs> and Daniel Tiger Neighborhood, yeah. um, you know, and now and now there's like so much even original content. You know, like like we have Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. and so we have access to like all the Amazon Prime shows and Prime original content, mm-hmm. and you know, and then there's actually some you know fun stuff like um, one of the Amazon originals that Callie in particular loves is called Androids. It's kind of like a mm. like a science fiction type thing, and and they they go through different science, and Callie's really into science, but. I'm like, you know, my options as a kid were pretty limited. Right. Like, you, you know, you had public broadcasting, you know, PBS, which mm-hmm. had Sesame Street and, you know, a couple other things. Yep. And then you had your local Mr. stuff. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Mr. Rogers, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Watch that. So, yeah, it's, it's fascinating, though. Yeah, we definitely live in the season of abundance. Oh, my media. gosh. Like, and almost too much, like ad nauseum, like almost to the, the point where... Like I don't think my girls have a favorite show mm-hmm. because there's so many of them, right? And you can watch them at any time. 
It's not like remember in the day like you you would wait for that one show mm-hmm. that came on you know Thursday at eight o'clock yep. or what whatever it was. Yeah, and you, I mean unless you were gonna videotape it, right? Which I mean even that like I think I think we had a VCR when I was older, but I I don't know mm-hmm. if we had a VCR like in my early early days. Yeah, I remember. So we watched the Andy Griffith show, all the reruns. Nice. Um, every night. After dinner, from like I think it was six to seven or something, that and that's when the on. rerun was on. Yeah, the reruns were on, and then there I think Airwolf came on at seven, <laughs> which was like my favorite show at that time. Did you ever watch Airwolf? No, never it's about did. The helicopter is awesome. <laughs> Although it's one of those shows that you should let live in nostalgia, and not go back and try to watch because it came out on Netflix a few years ago, and I went went back to try to watch it. And you're like, this, this is like, garbage, this man. Is awful. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I even like yeah. this? Um, but. Uh, yeah, so I was always trying to. I wanted to make sure I had my watch synchronized with um, the uh, the uh, Greenwich the Greenwich Mean Time. Oh, funny! So I knew exactly when the shows were supposed to come on, and so like I would be watching my watch because I didn't want to miss the beginning because Airwolf was one of those shows that you know they would start with you know a thirty second opener that kind of uh, set up what was happening, oh. and then they'd go into the intro and all that stuff. So I was always trying to get over there, but my dad wouldn't let me turn over until Andy Griffith was done. <laughs> and I knew because I had watched all these episodes of Andy Griffith that once the music started playing and the credits started rolling, that was it. There's nothing that happens after right, that. Right. Switch and, over. And so I was like, I just wanted to switch over. But but dad said, How do you know nothing? How do you know they're not going to come back and show a little bit more? It's like, because we've been watching this show for our entire lives. And I they know never have. they've never done it. <laughs> <laughs> so so can we just please turn over? I watch Airwolf, and uh, and we I'll get funny. in trouble for that pretty regularly. That's funny. Yeah, you know, RTV, um, you know, it was like a dial. Like, you had to turn a dial. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was no remote, uh, and, and you know, there, there wasn't even, like, a button that you pushed. It was a li- it yep. was literally a dial that It went up turned. to 31, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, um, it's, it's, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird the, the age that we live mm-hmm. in and trying to explain some of these things to my girls. I think I mentioned it before on one of the episodes, but it wasn't until like a couple years ago that my my girls had ever even heard a dial tone because hmm. we don't have a home phone. Right. We just have cell phones. Mm-hmm. And and suddenly we're at a hotel and, and Callie or Haley picks up the phone. And it's like, what is this weird noise? You know, <laughs> like what what is coming out of the phone? Wow. Why is it making such weird noise? Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, and, and I had to explain them what a dial tone is. They're like, mm-hmm. well, why would it make that noise? I'm like... <laughs> You know, I I don't know. Why does it why does it make that noise? I'm like, so that you know that you can dial, right? I okay. Mean, is that is that if there's no point? dial tone, then the phone line is dead. There's you can't uh, actually make a phone see, call. See, you should have been there. Yeah. I, I was like, I don't know, girls. It's just it's a weird thing. Just use the cell phone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Um but yeah. yeah, yeah, overabundance. We definitely live in an age of overabundance. Our and, TV, we had the thirty what the thirty knob thing, but then we had this little like thirteen inch TV. That sat on top of our big console TV that didn't work anymore. Oh. <laughs> but that was what we used to get so, the TV up so high enough so you had a TV on it. top of the TV. Right. Con- okay, that's cool. That's great. Um, yeah, I, I was going to, yeah, just final final thought on that. You know, I was thinking about, um, like, how, not just how my, how my girls have adapted to this idea of abundance, you know, whether it's digital media or instant access, but like, if I'm honest, like I've adapted to mm-hmm. it and I've gotten really oh, sure. spoiled, yeah. like really spoiled. 
Um, last night, Melanie and I were watching uh, the show This Is Us, uh, which is one of our favorite we shows. Love that show. Um, great, great yeah. show. I mean, you know, real, uh, I mean, you know, nominated for a bunch. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Jane, uh, Stir- Sterling? Ah, I can't remember his name. Anyway, he won the uh, he won um, uh, the Golden Globe for uh, best actor and a hmm. anyway supporting actor doesn't matter. But uh, great show, yeah. and so um, we we started watching it like around nine fifteen on purpose so that you know we could basically uh, you know skip through the commercials. So you know is mm-hmm. recording on our TiVo. We started nine fifteen. And and then we you know we basically get caught up to real time, but we got caught up a little too soon, and we yeah. were real time on a commercial, mm-hmm. and we were both so annoyed. We're yeah. like, oh, <laughs> we have to wait, right. you know. <laughs> and and I'm like, I'm like, boy, how spoiled am I mm-hmm. that I can't wait like 30 seconds for this commercial to end? And yeah. we were on like the last segment, you know, <laughs> like like it was 50 minutes into the show, right, right. so I knew that this was like the last commercial mm-hmm. break. But I didn't want to wait that extra 30 seconds yeah. for one more commercial. I was so annoyed. Anyway, yeah. Our, shame, shame on me. When we moved out into the country, a lot of that changed. We we ended up we hadn't had cable. But we got dish because you can't get cable, you know, out there. But oh. we our internet isn't good enough to stream anything, oh. so we can't do Netflix or Prime or Hulu or oh. any of those things. Okay. And so we do. We're old school. We do Netflix DVDs in the mail. Okay. Yeah. And uh, isn't that funny how that's considered yeah. old school? Yeah. Getting getting DVDs mm-hmm. in the mail from Netflix. And I was listening to another podcast, and they were talking about how that was dead. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm still doing it, man. <laughs> like, man don't, don't say that's dead, because I need that. That's the only way I can kind yeah. of stay up to date with you're, shows. You're like, please, Netflix, do not it's stop like sending me. Stranger Things, you know, everyone's talking about, but we yeah. hadn't been able to watch it. I've and, never seen it. And they finally put out the first season on, on. disc. For through Netflix, so, Netflix. Was, so we watched the first season. Like, oh, okay, so at least I at least so I know, you know the conversation. Now you know, you know what's up. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Um, you know, because Netflix was a real disruptor. Uh, when it came out, uh, there was Blockbuster, mm-hmm. which was the giant, and Netflix was this little tiny little you know mm-hmm. cockroach thing that was making a little bit of noise, mm-hmm. and was just it was just slightly annoying to Blockbuster. But you know, Blockbuster, thousands and thousands of stores mm-hmm. all across the world. And they're like, whatever. Like, who yeah. cares about Netflix? Like, we're we're big, right? Right. But Netflix became a disruptor, and Netflix changed the game, and Netflix mm-hmm. changed the model, where no longer you had to go to a place, you could just have it brought right. to you, and for a the, lot cheaper. For a lot cheaper. And by the time Blockbuster caught up and and realized mm-hmm. that they were in trouble, because then Blockbuster started this whole campaign, like, mm-hmm. we'll mail you DVDs right. too. By that time, it's too late, right. you know. And now there's like only I think there's only like 50 blockbusters left in the whole world yeah. or something. Well, and they and and then they refused to change again when Netflix started streaming going digital. Yeah, and and it actually it actually started as a problem for Netflix that they were trying to deal with. I think was because uh, people were streaming or they were stealing, you know, illegally stealing movies online and all oh. that stuff that was really big during that time and i think it's still really happening yeah. quite a bit but so netflix but, instead said okay well since that problem i like that so we know there's a problem out mm-hmm. there of people basically pirating and stealing movies right. online streaming we'll just provide a platform right. for people to do it and then charge them a nominal fee yeah and it took them forever to get people to sign on because they thought it would just open up for people to steal their content in their homes but if, i don't think that's really happened no but blockbuster 
didn't do that. They didn't go into that world. And so now they're just basically a dinosaur. They're yeah, extinct, they are. You know? Yeah, we, we actually we were coming back from uh, Central Oregon, and we stopped off at some place. I mean, I, maybe it was Madras. It might have been Madras. Um, and there was a blockbuster there. I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's, mm-hmm. it's one of the only blockbusters left. It was mm-hmm. fascinating. I almost went in, but I didn't. Um, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, it, and uh, and then I guess there's a number of blockbusters in Alaska. So, I think that one exists because Bend area is such a tourist. Uh, so many people travel over there from here that that people, that people still rent go. it. And yeah, we had a we had a membership there. I think we probably still no do. way. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, what are we gonna do? You know, at at, at night, yeah, in, yeah, in this part of the world. Oh, let's go rent a movie. I guess that's funny. Yeah, yeah so you know, you're you're passing through and mm-hmm. you see a blockbuster, and yeah. Anyway, Netflix was a disruptor. Um, the the game has changed, man. Things are different. Well, think of so this is 2018. Yep, we started the podcast in 2008. No way. Yeah. 10 years ago? 10 years ago in May. So Dude, this coming May will be... 10 our, years. Yeah. A lot's changed much, in 10 years, yeah, man. Remember, I mean, when we started, I, I, there were hardly anything... There were hardly any podcasts. Yeah, right? now... Yeah, now pod... And um, I'm, I remember... Yeah, I remember... Um, I, I uh, Not only was I not on Facebook, I hadn't even heard of Facebook. Mm-hmm. I remember there was this one episode we, we recorded... And I was talking about MySpace, and you're like, oh, you know. We need to find that episode. We should. Yeah. And I remember you saying something like, oh, well, no one does MySpace anymore. They use, you know, fa-. I'm like, what? Face? <laughs> of course, now, you know, Facebook is kind of what old people use, yeah. right? Yeah. So now Facebook has this stigma. So in 10 years, oh, man, this is like blowing my mind. Right? In 10 years, it went from brand new, cutting edge, mm-hmm. I hadn't even heard about it, to everyone using it. And now Facebook is just something that like your parents and your grandparents right, right. use to share pictures. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what, you know, if you're going to be like relevant or, or cool, you know, whatever, Instagram or mm-hmm. Snapchat or Twitter. Although even even some of those are I've are never dying. gotten snappy. I've, haven't, I've never tried it. Yeah. I just can't. I just Snapchat for a while. Um, and it was mostly to connect with our Basque student uh, because she used Snapchat a lot, but she doesn't even use Snapchat anymore. So I, I, I deleted it or uninstalled it, whatever. <laughs> it just takes up too much space yeah, yeah. on my phone. But things have changed oh. quite a bit since we started doing this podcast. What a crazy thing, man. Drastically altered. I mean, you know, so 2008, when was that, uh, you know, the tsunami in, uh, oh. Japan? Well, let's see. The Beijing Games were in 2008, the Olympics. Um, was it the same year as the... I think it was like 2009. It was that, okay. I think it was while we were, after we had done the, started doing the podcast. Mm. Um, wow, yeah, because let's see, Beijing was in 2008, and then London was in 2012, and then Rio was 2016. I base everything on the Olympic calendar, so... Um. 2011. <laughs> 11. Um, but, I, you know, I remember that. Well, first, you know, I remember watching that live on TV on the news. Mm. And, and we actually turned the TV off because we're like, this is disgusting. We can't watch. I mean, we're, we were watching cars, like, just trying to find a way to get out of the path of the tsunami. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to watch these people die. On yeah. TV. This yeah. is ridiculous. They're like dying in um, front of you. But I remember the change in the in that, and you know, the, there was a tsunami in Thailand in like two thousand four, I think, ish. 
Oh, and the, the difference between the coverage? Yeah, and the coverage. And, and it was, you know, the it was technology yeah. and smartphones. Right and there, there was instant. just like all of this footage and video and stuff that you just never that saw that made it real, right? That made it like, wow, this was this was a horrific event. Mm-hmm. But that's become the norm for basically all all news coverage ever, you know, ever since that there's just uh, this proliferation and abundance of coverage about these horrific events. Instant access. Instantly circulates yeah. the globe. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, now when when a news story breaks, you know that immediately you know, by the time you get, like, if you still get the paper, which, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess some people still get the paper. My father-in-law gets it, but that's because he's in the printing business. Okay. So he's like, somebody has to keep getting <laughs> so, in. <laughs> someone has to keep this somebody thing. Somebody has to pay for it. Oh, man. So, but, you know, it's interesting. By by the time a story hits the paper the next day, like, it's old news. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when is when it used to be front page news, the morning edition, mm-hmm. like, that was, boom, right. hot off the press. Now you get it, and you're like, "Oh, like the thing that happened 12 hours ago." Yeah. Um, over and done. Nobody's you know? talking about that. No, one, yeah, that, that's not that's not <laughs> yeah. news. That's old. Yeah. You know, since we were talking about it, it, it is kind of an interesting concept. The idea that, um, like big catastrophic events, whether it's uh, a tsunami or um, a mass shooting, like that used to be the thing that everyone talked about forever and you know the columbine shooting i think mm-hmm. you know great example of that and and there there's been you know th- there's been other mass shootings and they're all equally tragic i mean in fact some of them are even worse like sandy hook elementary mm-hmm. oh broke my heart you know mm-hmm. uh thinking of my two girls in elementary school and but it just feels like there's so much more instant access to things that um it's like people forgot about sandy hook mm-hmm. You know, um, w- within within a week. Well, we're we're numb to it all. You know, numb. We're numb. Yeah, it's sad. to the uh, to the to the tragedy, to yeah. the catastrophe. Whereas, like Columbine, like I remember, you know, because I was in high school at the time mm-hmm. of Columbine, um, and people talked about Columbine for months and right. months and months. Like it's all you heard about, and um, you know, and and I don't know. It's an interesting thing. Is it because? there's so much more access to it is because we're numb to it. Is it because more things happen or we're aware? And maybe that's it. Maybe we're just so much more aware of things happening, Mm -hmm. you know, whereas like something like Columbine, you know, it was breaking news because, you know, it it hit the news and that's all you heard about. And I don't know, maybe we just have more access to news and we hear about more things. I don't know. What is it? Well, yeah, you know, I think, um, well, another another example. Last night, you know, I was I was after we had finished watching a show, I I just pulled out my phone, flipped through Facebook a little bit, and I saw that the quarterback for Washington State had committed suicide last night. Hel- what? Helinski or something? No, not way. the starter, but the guy. The backup. Yeah. Whoa. And so, like, I'm scrolling through it, and then and then I flip on the news, and later later in the news broadcast, you know, I see breaking news. Yeah, and they were covering this story, and like you know, things have really changed. Yeah. Where that used to be, that's I mean, how that, you got that would your... be literal breaking news, you know, because it had just happened. You know, they had just put out a statement or something a couple hours earlier, and but, but you saw, but we see it before right. on Facebook, right. and so now news is old news by the time it gets on there. Yeah, breaking we just... news isn't breaking news, and yeah, yeah, really, really strange. The the medium uh, by by which things live in and breathe and this ebb and flow uh it's just so so much quicker you know it reminds me uh 
a little bit. I guess it's kind of a change of topic, but um, Bitcoin, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I've been like, because re- I'm trying to figure out this Bitcoin thing because yeah. I hear people talking about it. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit down and figure out this Bitcoin. I watched a documentary on it on Amazon Prime. Uh, I read a bunch of articles. Like, I think I got this Bitcoin thing figured out. And and then just today, I read that Bitcoin's value dropped $2,000 in like a day. Right. You know, it, it went from 13000 to 11000 mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, th- I think it's because, again, of, of this of this rapid, like, instant access and, and, you know, the market's reacting to something that happened, I think it was, like, in South Korea um, and China, like, some of the regulators were saying, um, oh, well, we're going to create some new sanctions on Bitcoin, and so then Bitcoin dropped, dropped its value $2,000 or whatever, and I'm like, things just happen so quick, mm-hmm. it's, like, instant, right. instant blows my mind yeah and that's and you know it kind of brings us into what we're talking about today you know we are for one i think it, it poses a, a to me a very interesting question for church um we actually i actually started talking about uh, smartphones and technology and a lot of the dangers and stuff this this last week just you know and I th- like I during think, your sermon yeah yeah and um, and there are a lot of dangers but it, i mean there are a huge amount of benefits for instance this podcast you know Right. You know, some most people right now, if they're listening to this podcast, are probably listening on a smartphone mm-hmm. in their car on the way to work. You know, yeah. probably something like that. Or, um, you know, so huge benefits, I think, of technology, great benefits for churches with technology. But at the same time, does does that mean, you know, the world is changing overnight? And, and I we talked about this several times on the podcast that every essentially every morning we're waking up to a world that's changed overnight. It's a, almost a brand new world every morning. Everything's different every morning you wake up. And but is is the role the responsibility of the church in that kind of a world and a culture to to keep up? Like should we keep up and we should be changing everything on a on a regular basis because that's what people are expecting and is the norm or should be should we be trying to maybe be, you know, a uh, uh, <laughs> a stalwart, you know, uh, an island of refuge that's always the same or that's that's at least consistent. Has, that pres- and, yeah, provides some consistency for yeah. people in a world that's constantly changing. You know, what 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 should we be doing in that? You know, and and it is such a is such a a balance, I think, you know, and and th- this goes right in hand with what we're talking about, you know, this idea of change and transition, and how do you do it? And if you've been if you've been listening to the podcast, if you've been a fan of the podcast, I know it's been a while since you know David and I have recorded. Um, but uh, when the last time we recorded, we were just about ready uh, at our church to move back into our sanctuary. Um, so we we had spent a two year process mm-hmm. of um, fixing our sanctuary because our sanctuary was condemned basically, mm-hmm. and all the structural posts that were holding it up were rotten. And so we had to go through and fix them all. And what was supposed to be like a simple, you know, three to six month job mm-hmm. became a two year job right. and it was awful. And, and yeah, it, it was, it was a really difficult time during that process. We moved our worship services into the fellowship hall. So that was a transition. Mm-hmm. And then I think the last episode we recorded, um, we were just about to move into back into our sanctuary mm-hmm. We fixed everything, and not only have we fixed it, we decided to since it was you know since it was taking time and money, we decided to upgrade things. So mm-hmm. we upgrade the lighting, we upgrade the 
flooring, the the paint, the mm-hmm. HVAC stuff, you know. So um, we, we made some significant upgrades. And now we've been back in the sanctuary for about eight months, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and it, it is, it's interesting. It's that balance you talked about. So our building now is the same building, but it looks a lot newer. Like, mm-hmm. it, like it looks fresher and cleaner and more modern and everything else. And and it's that whole cultural thing. Like like I think people expect change, right? Mm-hmm. And our church, Laurelwood, is not known as a, a progressive, changing church. You know, mm-hmm. we're we're not the kind of church that is constantly changing things. So for us to have a really big improvement like this, what was a big deal? But my my point though is, um, you know. People, I think they see some of that change and they're like, oh, wow, like this church is a little bit more modern. Mm-hmm. Um, but now are they just coming to Laurelwood because we look more relevant? Right. Or are they coming to Laurelwood because they're they're being compelled by the gospel of Jesus Christ and they're mm-hmm. wanting to grow in their relationship with Jesus and they're wanting to become disciple makers and they're wanting to become fully devoted followers, you know, and 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 so it's this really weird balance of you know we're bringing people in and and it's actually a good problem you know we're actually kind of running out of space and so we're like okay how do we add more seats do we do a live stream service do we do two services you know um but but it's this question of what 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 is the heart of you know people coming here mm-hmm. and if they are coming for the wrong reasons how do we help them become fully devoted followers of Christ, you know, it's a weird conversation to have. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and I, you know, I think, you know, and Bill Hybels has said this, you know, your building shouldn't be a hurdle. Your, you know, your facility shouldn't be a reason people choose not Not to to come. Yeah. And so, you know, the, you know, churches and we've done this in the sanctuary, of course, we've been having conversations about, I don't know what just happened, where we just finished off, but um, I was talking about, I think you're talking about the outside of your building. We had a, a recording glitch happens from time to time here. Uh, but, um, you know, we don't want the outside of our building to be like our signs busted. But at the same time, you know, it's expensive to fix it. It costs sign, money, man. Some, you know, it's some, like, somebody it's crazy broke money. our sign, you know, and it's like, well, we're not going to, it's going to have to be that way until we can afford to fix it. Man. And, um, but that kind of, you know, that communicates something. And, you know, is that telling people, hey, don't try this church? You know, they're, they're kind of. The, if their sign is any indicator of how they do church, then then we don't want to go to church there. So, <laughs> you know, so we don't want to you know, we don't want to have hurdles. But then at the same time, I th- I think I think a lot of churches are correcting this. Too many churches, I think, went the went the direction that we're talking about, where like the constant change became a part of their model and their you know their purpose and how they're gonna they're gonna do church we're gonna yeah, just it's like constantly their, change everything it's like their dna became mm-hmm. we have to have a fresh a fresh face a fresh stage a fresh design mm-hmm. a fresh whatever every six weeks and right. then the church becomes constant change and i mean there's some churches doing that and it's working for them that that becomes their dna um you know that's hard to do though right i mean it it takes time it takes mm-hmm. money it takes work um and then I guess my, the question in my mind is, you know, are, are people now coming because it's just constant change? Because we are constantly bombarded with with change. And, the inst- you know, we were talking about it earlier, the, the instant um, access to everything mm-hmm. and the world is changing and news is old by the time it's the next day. Right. So, you know, I think people are used to that. 
and and yeah, it's such a tough balance. Like, because mm-hmm. on the one hand, I see value in churches saying, okay, well, we'll we'll kind of culturally do what's happening and and change and you know make new things and make it look appealing. But then on the other hand, it's like, well, are you just changing for change's sake? Mm-hmm. And are the people who are coming, are they just coming because it's new and fresh and different? And is that a bad thing? Is that mm-hmm. a good thing? I, I don't know. I mean, that's a well, there, yeah. Here's maybe a good, a good, a good example. I I have since caught up, but I stopped uploading our sermon podcast for the church for about three months. And part of my reasoning was, you know, technology is good and putting your sermon online is good, but then it can also become an excuse for someone to not come. And there are people that listen to the podcast that never come to church. Yeah. And I, and I, and I think. That's the, that's not a good thing. That, yeah. That's not a, a way we want to do church. Um, but of course, then that ended up, there are a lot of you know people that work and they can't make every Sunday and they miss or they're out of town or out of the country and so on and so forth. So we're kind of punishing them by not letting them keep up with when they're, when they can't be here <laughs> sure. by trying to address the, the lazy people who just don't want to get up on a Sunday morning. And <laughs> so that's not, that's not a good solution but you know what is it that the church offers um that that the world doesn't mm. you know the world is constantly changing and so if 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 me as a pastor and us in ministry we have to try to keep up with that i think we're going to die i mean i think we'll burn ourselves out mm. quickly because it's there's just no way for us because because the constant even the constant cloud of change that we assign to culture is a hundred different organizations that are doing these things, you know, at at different, different paces and different times. And to us, it feels like constant change, but to that one organization, it's something they've been working on for a long period of time. And it's coming out as a new, you know, right. They put time and effort and thought into, but, um, you know, so I don't think we can, I don't think we can really adopt that as a, as a best practice (laughs) in the church and, and have any kind of, sanity uh to offer well and and i think that's the key there like you could do it but but it's going to really push your capacity Mm -hmm. of what you're able to do and you know i think unless you're a bigger church and you know bigger churches have maybe a little more capacity because they have more people Mm -hmm. and more volunteers and or paid staff and more resources but if you're at a smaller church you know our church we we have three full-time people uh, and that's it you know um, and we're not going to be able to, to do a, a lot without me investing tons mm-hmm. of time. And that, that takes up my capacity to do other things, you know, but the, you know, I was listening to, I think it was the Phil Vischer podcast, which is kind of a fun podcast to listen to. Um, they talk about some really good issues and they were talking about the reformation because those last year was the 500th anniversary of the uh, reformation yeah, yeah, yeah. and how, um, kind of what came out of that was I need to move this mic. So I stopped fidgeting with it. (laughs) Um, What came out of that was because good biblical teaching had been so scarce. The only teaching that had been coming out was through the Catholic church and it was corrupt. Right. Mm. And so as the, what came out of that was, you know, preaching sermons and that became the focus of church and has been the focus of church ever since. Well, I mean, now that's not that there isn't a scarcity of good biblical, biblical teaching. Mm. I mean, it's everywhere mm-hmm. and it's good, solid, much better than me, biblical teaching out there. Right. I mean, yeah. um, 
And so, you know, I think, I think maybe some of the, the adjustment we might need to make in the church should probably be away from putting all of our effort into, you know, the, the biblical teaching, which I know sounds heretical to probably everyone listening to this podcast. <laughs> You're going to get some angry letters, right? man. <laughs> I know. What? Get away from biblical teaching. <laughs> but, but I think we can, I think we can use to our benefit the abundance of solid biblical teaching that exists within all of our different denominational spheres mm. to disciple and train and give people people the biblical foundation they need and maybe a readjust our focus to being about what we can only do as the church, which is, you know, biblical community and, and evangelism and outreach, those mm. things that, that you cannot accomplish through technology that require physical presence like you have to actually be right. there and engaging and encountering mm-hmm. and experiencing as opposed to like i'm gonna watch on my mobile device mm-hmm. yeah and uh so what that looks like i really don't know but i mean you know i think i think we need to maybe innovate again and, and start thinking about i'm not talking small groups i'm i'm talking about the church you know yeah. the, the whole church we gathered together and i think worship is one of those key components where you can't, I mean, you can watch great worship videos sure. from Hillsong on YouTube, but that's not the same as being with a bunch of other believers and worshiping. And worshiping, experiencing it. Yeah. Change, change is happening. But on the plus side, our church, we're back in the sanctuary. Yeah. And we have a home. We have a home again. And it's really nice. Mm-hmm. And, and God's doing some cool things. And we're seeing, we're seeing. Does the growth. stage still go up and down? <laughs> Yeah, that funny story on that. Uh, that that's that's the whole the whole design of that was for it to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, hasn't happened yet because <laughs> uh, they they need to like structurally reinforce some things and uh-huh. it needs to be engineered and um, so eventually, eventually right. it'll yeah. But the the thing was designed to be a folding stage, mm-hmm. um, which is. Um, pretty unique uh, because our, our our sanctuary doubles as a basketball mm-hmm. court so the stage that we have actually folds up um but uh the the crane system that pulls it needs to be structurally reinforced inside like the trusses and mm-hmm. and so we're not there yet it was supposed to be done yeah. <laughs> see that's you know i personally uh, I like the, I, I know it's not ideal aesthetically to have, you know, sanctanasium, gymatorium, whatever you call them. Um, but, but practically for a church, yeah, I mean, we have, we have rooms in our building that only get used once a week mm. and it drives me insane that we have this wasted space. All this space. Yeah. It's like, there has to be something we can do to utilize the space and so the thought of having, you know, an auditorium now for me, I used to really love the idea, but now of having as being in the, in the lead chair, it's like, I don't think that's a good use of resources. I mean, we ought to use the build the space as often as we can. And then if we're, you know, if we're, if we're filling up the space seven nights a week, then let's talk about sure. doing something different. But. Yeah. I mean, funny you say that because our, you know, our sanctuary worship center, you know, whatever you want to call it, multi-purpose room, mm-hmm. it, it gets used almost every day. Yeah. Um, I guess it doesn't get used on Mondays, but Tuesday Bible studies in there. Wednesday youth group is in there. Thursday club 66 is in there. I guess it doesn't get used Friday, uh, Saturday special events, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's like we have a, a funeral this Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, you know, weddings, conferences, workshops, uh, and then of course Sunday. Right. Um, I think it's just, I mean, it's a good use of space, you know, it's, it's getting used. And I know that creates, 
logistical issues. Oh yeah, but, but yeah, there's tons of logistical. <laughs> but there's, but I mean, I don't know. I think, I think in the long run, it's better stewardship, in oh. my opinion. Well, and hopefully, eventually, one of these days, uh, will yeah. It's funny when we 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 pushed and rushed so hard to get the sanctuary mm-hmm. done that there was a couple little things that we weren't able to get to. And it's like, okay, well, we'll get to that later. Let's just, you know, let's just have, you know, let's have it functional, right? Mm-hmm. And so for the last eight months, like, it's been functional and and we've settled in it. But then there's those few little things right. that never got done that have just kind of been, yeah. like, forgotten about. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. you know, all like the little things that, that you know, that we meant to get to or are supposed to get to. You know, it's like, oh, well, we'll do that one day. But, you know, right now, like, like it's functional. Right. It's functional. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, good stuff. Well, that's maybe some questions we need to grapple with. What? How do we? What? What should be the future of the church? Should we continue down this path of of worship being needing to be this continually evolving, you know, performance oriented, has to get better and better technically production, or is there something? Is there something different that might actually be a little more beneficial to our people if we look at? Mm, it? Good know. questions. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode, episode 194 of the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. 194. You can find us online at www.worshipministrycatalyst.com, facebook.com slash worshipministrycatalyst, twitter.com slash wmcatalyst. You can send an email to kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can send a voice message to 360-818-4339. That's right, right? Sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> some person's going to get yeah. some weird call. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, no. So I have, I have a number I use for church where we do texting during the service. Yeah, and it's I, I think that's four three nine nine, and it's I think ours is four three three nine. So, um, so you can send a voicemail there. If not, I'll still get it either way. Yeah, but uh, um, you might just hear a weird greeting. That's not <laughs> <laughs> that's not worship ministry catalyst. But um, and then reviews and all that stuff on iTunes. We appreciate it. Spread the word. Worship ministry catalyst is back on the airwaves. Pod waves, whatever you call it, um, and some really good things in store coming down the road in the fewer episodes that we'll be sharing with you in future episodes. So good. that's all for now. Bye. Twitter.com slash WM Catalyst. Facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. 